This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, usually at the top of my show, I usually give you something to do, like, hey, here's a call to action. Here, go support us here, whatever. But I'm a little on tilt today, and we'll get into that here in just a second. But just so you know, our T-shirts are back in stock. So for those of you that want our T-shirts, go to our website and buy it. There, have I done my, de- have I done my job for the day in, in terms of telling you what to do? Okay, great. Now let's move on to the story, because right from the jump, I'll just be real honest with you guys. I'm furious. I am absolutely furious for a lot of reasons. I'm furious that what I'm going to be talking about today is real. I'm furious that seemingly no one else is talking about it. I'm I'm furious that no one, including Christians, including people that listen to the show, seem to care, seem to give a crap about what I'm going to be talking about. Okay? But before we actually get into it, I want to go all the way back to February of 2019. Okay? So in the Joe Rogan experience, this was episode 1255, it was the return of Alex Jones. Okay, so Alex Jones was on this show, and this is an episode that you can't even find on Spotify anymore, interestingly enough. So, you know, do whatever conspiracy theory nonsense you want to do with that later. But Alex Jones and Joe Rogan apparently had this little spat going back and forth on each other's shows, but then Alex came back, their buddies, and Eddie Bravo was there as well, but that's not really what we're focusing on today. Now, Alex Jones went viral for a super expletive-filled rant that he did about halfway through the show. But it was what he said calmly earlier in the show that should have completely shocked people. The only problem is is that Alex Jones is a bit of a nutty dude. Okay. He has said and still says some absolutely crazy things and he's been wrong, like super wrong, like about Sandy Hook and different things a lot. He's been wrong a lot, like a lot, a lot, but he's been proven right a lot as well. Things that were absolutely shocking the first time you heard him say it, now all of a sudden become plausible and over time are actually proven to be accurate. That's one of the reasons why Joe still has him on his show. It's like, okay, but we need to check everything that you're saying, but he's been proven right a lot. Okay. I'm going to go to this interview here. We're going to play a clip from this section. It's like a 10 or 12 minute section of the interview. I'm not going to play all that for you. I'm only going to play a few minutes and I'm going to come in and out to kind of explain to you what's going on, but let's go ahead and go to the clip here. Say, who are they? They're scientist cults who are based on, uh, your, uh, psychic ability uh and on your iq and then on your commitment to the program and so the program starts with will you go inject black people with syphilis for a greater cause or will you do research programs on babies where we tell poor women uh that uh, oh oh your baby died right when they were born but really you'll keep the baby alive and sometimes kill them sometimes harvest them sometimes do experiments on them So Alex Jones casually right there talks about how babies are being kept alive so that their organs can be harvested. Just kind of casually slips that in there. Let's go back to the clip. That's why they've not a lot lot of nurses have noticed now that the babies disappear at birth. They tell them, oh, your baby died. That's why the governor said, who's actually an organ harvesting doctor, he goes, we keep the babies alive after they're born and have a discussion. They are getting caught now because we've decompartmentalized. Wait a minute. I'm I'm confused at what you're saying. See how it just never ends. Yeah. What are you saying about babies? Like, what are they doing with babies? You you saw the governor of, of, of Virginia say, we keep babies alive after they're born and kill them, right? Well, I didn't see we that. We keep them comfortable. But I am very, very concerned with late-term abortions. 
So right then, Joe Rogan is saying how concerned he is about late-term abortions, but he doesn't realize that that's not what Alex Jones is talking about. He's not talking about abortion in general, and he's not talking about abortion in the third trimester or anything like that. What he's talking about is somehow more nefarious than that. Back to the clip. Well, very, this very is post, post-birth, Joe. So understand, post-birth. how much money do you think they get minute, for a, a seven-and-a-half-pound baby they can keep alive for two weeks? Wait, and wait. mama doesn't know. So if they can register the organs and get bidders... But wait a minute, you're then saying they can make five hundred thousand. Wait a minute, you're a saying that the baby, baby they kill on the spot only gets fifty grand. So what Alex Jones is telling Joe Rogan and really all of us is that there was this idea or that he claimed that he had knowledge that there were groups of people, scientists and doctors, that were actually keeping babies alive so that they could profit off of the harvesting of that baby's organs. Seems absolutely ludicrous, right? So Joe Rogan, apparently up to that point, had never seen the video of Ralph Northam, who's the governor of Virginia, who's still the governor of Virginia, who went on the radio show and basically talked about how if a baby was born alive after an attempted abortion, an attempted murder, that they would do what they would need to keep the baby comfortable. And then they would have a discussion between the doctors and the woman and all these different things. And then he went into that whole deal. But then Alex Jones went off and talked about organ donation, how certain hospitals like, you know, if you come in and you have a really, really bad car accident, but, you know, somehow you could be saved, but it's actually more convenient because they could profit off of getting five or six of your organs that hadn't been damaged. And, you know, he kind of gives some corroborating statistics and some evidence for that. But then we need to get into the very last section of the video here. And just as an aside, there is a little bit of language in this next section, so be advised. But here we go back into the clip. You're you're legitimately freaking me the fuck out. Joe, I will will let you... You uh, know, the problem is some of it makes sense because people figure out a way to rationalize a lot of things. And if you see a guy who's mangled in a car accident but he's still alive... And you know you could sell the organs. His back's broken. He can save five lives. Yeah. Make him comfortable. Yeah. I mean... Joe. The, the, but the thing is, how many people would have to be involved for that to be real? So Joe's obviously trying to distance himself a little bit from this story. You know, how many people would have to be involved for that to be real, which is a question that I've asked, like for people that talk about 9-11 being an inside job. It's like, do you do you just know how many hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of people would have had to have been in on this and none of them had said anything up to this point? None of them. Right. But let's go and finish up the clip here. Joe, I can show you. Let's not exaggerate. 15 videos of Planned Parenthood workers laughing, saying, I made a million bucks yesterday, last year. It's incredible. If we can just keep them alive longer, we'll get 10 times the money. We're only getting 50 grand per baby because we got to kill them before they leave the building. The mother doesn't know. They're, they talk her into it. Oh, ma'am, you're three months pregnant. Oh, the baby might have a problem, might have a heart murmur. Oh, the ultrasound. Oh, yeah. And then they get the, you understand, you're going to get it. This is the truth. Yeah. They then keep it alive, but only a few hours. And they got to get planes coming in and vans, and they don't get the full price because they can't put it on the auctions. They've got digital corporate auctions. Look this up for organs. So all this seems pretty crazy, right? I mean, that was back in February of 2019, that whole interaction. You know, even the the crazy expletive-filled rant that, you know, comes after, and I'll just put that link in the show notes if you want to watch it. But here's the deal. It all seems crazy, but it got a lot less crazy when some news broke earlier this month. 
So I want to give a shout out to Albert Moeller and for Tim Poole for actually talking about this insane story on their shows. And thank you to one of our Instagram followers, Jacob Gavro, who, who uh, told me about Tim Poole. Yeah, well, I already knew about Tim Poole, but he told me about Tim Poole talking about this. So I was able to look at that. So I was able to get a little bit more information. But on August the 3rd of 2021, the Center for Medical Progress headed up by David Daladin. That's the guy who basically popped the top off the story about Planned Parenthood selling baby parts. They put out a press release. Again, this is on August the 3rd. And it's called this. Aborted infants continued blood flow advertised in racist University of Pittsburgh grant application to the NIH. That's the National Institutes of Health. And so the little subtitle is this. Newly released public FOIA, that's Freedom of Information Act, records obtained by the Center for Medical Progress indicate organ harvesting from aborted infants delivered alive, targeted by race. Okay, so I'm going to read some highlights. I'm not going to read the entire press release uh, release to you, but I am going to leave a bunch of links in the show notes because there are a bunch of additional links because everything's there. The, the application, the grant, all of this information is there. But let me go and read a few of these sections here. So again, this is from the press release from the Center for Medical Progress from August the 3rd. Judicial Watch and the Center for Medical Progress announced today that they have received disturbing public records from the NIH, that's the National Institutes of Health, about government-sponsored fetal experimentation at the University of Pittsburgh, which describes minimizing the warm ischemic time or time without blood flow of aborted fetal organs and targeting pregnant women and fetuses based on race. David Daladin, founder and president of the Center of Medical Progress, states the NIH grant application for just one of Pitt's numerous experiments with aborted infants reads like the episode of American Horror Story, like an episode of American Horror Story. Infants in the womb, some old enough to be viable, are being aborted alive and killed for organ harvesting in order to bring in millions of dollars in taxpayer funding for Pitt and the Planned Parenthood abortion business it supports. People are outraged by such disregard for the lives of the vulnerable. Law enforcement and public officials should act immediately to bring the next Kermit Gosnell to justice under the law. In the $3 million grant application, Pitt proposes that it exi- its existing fetal tissue collections can be significantly ramped up to supply Genito Urinary Developmental Molecular Anatomy Project, or GUDMAC, program researchers across the country with aborted fetal kidneys, bladders, and other organs and body parts from healthy fetuses aborted up to six, month, six months old. Pitt advertises several points to the NIH for why Pitt will be the best location for a distribution hub for supplying large numbers of aborted fetal parts to NIH researchers, focusing on Pitt's over 18 years of experience collecting body parts from aborted babies. Chillingly, Pitt announces under point number five, ischema time is minimized. We record the warm ischemic time on our samples and take steps to keep it at a minimum to ensure the highest quality biological specimens. We get feedback from our users and utilize this feedback to tailor our collection processes on a case-by-case basis to maximize the needs of investigators. Later in the application, Pitt describes labor induction as the procedure that will be used to obtain the tissue. Let me repeat that. They describe labor induction as the procedure that will be used to obtain the tissue. According to the NIH, warm ischemic time is the time a tissue organ or body part remains at body temperature after its blood supply has been reduced or cut off, but before it is cooled or reconnected to a blood supply. If the fetus's heartbeat and blood circulation continue in a labor induction abortion for harvesting organs, It means the fetus is being delivered while still alive, and the cause of death is the removal of the organs. Furthermore, Pitt also states in the application that its GUDMAP fetal harvesting program will feature inclusion or exclusion of individuals on the basis of sex, gender, race, and ethnicity, and sets quotas for 50% white patients and aborted fetuses and 50% minority patients and fetuses, with a full 25% of the fetuses harvested to come from black women. 
Allegheny County, the major metropolitan area from which pit-based abortion practices draws patients, is 80% white and only 13% black. Okay, so Judicial Watch has a very similar report. Again, I'll put all that in the show notes. So just in case you tuned out at any point there, or maybe you're just tired of hearing me read out loud, let me give you a recap here and some other notes. So the University of Pittsburgh, Pitt, is getting taxpayer money to harvest the organs of unborn and born babies. Pitt has already received $2.7 million in U.S. taxpayer dollars of the $3.2 million that they applied for. The doctors and the scientists at Pitt are doing what they can to keep the babies alive longer so that they can more effectively harvest the organs. Also, Pitt is targeting fetuses from 6 to 42 weeks of gestation. 6 to 42. Also, the program is disproportionately targeting black babies because where they're getting these aborted babies from is from an area that doesn't have enough black babies to make it even, right? So they're disproportionately targeting these babies. And the last thing here is, This is being done so that multiple parties can profit from the sale of such baby parts and organs. But there is a key quote, because those are all important things that I just ran down, right? And and that should have every single one of your, you know, your heart should be in your throat right now. Like, I've already had my angry, pissed off moments earlier today, and I got it all together so I can come in here and talk about this. But here's the key quote from the press release. This is the key quote. Okay, that's why I read it slowly earlier, but let me go back to it. It's this. If the fetus's heartbeat and blood circulation continue in a labor induction abortion for harvesting organs, it means the fetus is being delivered while still alive and the cause of death is the removal of organs. So in this application to the NIH and in this reporting that we got from the Freedom of Information Act, They're admitting to infanticide. They're admitting to it. Because again, it says, if the fetus's heartbeat and blood circulation continue in a labor induction abortion for harvesting organs, that could be the end of it there. They are inducing labor in women that are asking for or have been convinced to get an abortion, which is a nefarious thing that people don't realize is that Planned Parenthood will actually sell these women on getting an abortion And they'll do exactly what Alex Jones talked about. They'll tell the woman that, oh, you know, this baby might have some issues. This baby isn't going to live a good life. You know, the right thing to do, the moral thing to do would be to just go ahead and kill it because it's better to be dead than to have some sort of deformity, according to Planned Parenthood. But they're doing this simply for harvesting the organs. And you might ask, what are they doing that for? Well, because they're saying they want to do research with those organs, right? And we'll get more into that later. But again, it means the fetus is being delivered while still alive. And the cause of death is the removal of organs. So think about this. And I'm going to make it very clear and very explicit for all of you out there that have had children and that you were present for that birth. What they're saying is that they're inducing birth. They're inducing birth. And when the baby is here now, the way that they kill the baby is that they take its organs out. The baby is alive. And they're cutting it up and taking its organs. So this, this study and, and basically this, this report tells us that most of the babies are murdered via abortion. And then they're hooked up to a machine to technically keep them alive, to keep the heart functioning and the brain functioning, right? While they harvest the organs. While the others are murdered after they've been born, also known as infanticide. So 
I've got a lot of thoughts and a lot of questions that I'm going to pose here, so I'm just going to flow through. Stick with me, okay? The first thing is, why in the hell does no one know about this story? Including your boy. Because this came out on August the 3rd, and I read a lot of news. I read a lot of stories, and I follow a lot of people that are kind of in this, in this pro-life, anti-abortion space, right? Why in the hell does no one know about this story? Why don't you know about this story? Because I'm, I'm venturing a guess here. I would say at least 95% of you guys listening to me right now had no idea this was happening. No clue. Even if you follow the Joe Rogan experience and listen to that episode with Alex Jones, which begs the next question, which is, why in the hell is no one in the, in the totality of the media, including conservatives, talking about this story? I heard it a week after the fact from Albert Mueller and Tim Pool and his little uh, crew of independent journalists were talking about it. Why the hell is no one else talking about this? This is way bigger news than the governor of New York stepping down because he grabbed some boobies. And I'm not minimizing what he did there. It was horrible. But he also had actions that led to the deaths of 10,000 plus people in his own state. I'm sorry, I'm not terribly concerned about the fact that he's a pig. He shouldn't be a pig and he should be punished for that. But that's not the reason why he should quit his job. But that's not what we're talking about on this podcast, right? But that's all over the news, everywhere, right? That this sacrificial Democratic lamb is being taken out to slaughter, right? But we're not talking about real babies that are being slaughtered. We're not talking about that. Tucker Carlson isn't talking about this unless I miss something, right? I haven't heard Ben Shapiro or Matt Walsh or Mark Levin or, or any of those guys. I haven't heard anyone talk about this. And another thought that I had whenever I was going through this story and trying to get ready for this podcast is that if you're disgusted and frightened by this story, which you should be, but you're not by abortion in every case, you have a seared conscience. Because this is a disgusting story. This is a frightening story that we as a people group are allowing this to happen in a modern Western country, right? A supposedly moral society. But if you don't think the same way of abortion in general, then, then what exactly are you frightened by? What exactly are you disgusted by? Because again, we say the term abortion and people don't really think about it. They just know it ends with the death of a baby, right? But when you actually look at pictures of abortions or watch videos of abortions being done and you're seeing babies being pulled out piece by piece, when you're seeing them stick a tube into the vagina, into the vaginal canal, where they put it, insert it into a cut they've already made into the base of the neck, where they suck the brains out so that the skull will collapse so they can pull the baby out, right? You're disgusted by that, maybe. But we should be disgusted at every abortion at every stage because it's a stamping out of an innocent human life. And it made me think about this as well, that if we live in a culture that is already okay with baby murder, otherwise known as abortion, then why is it a big deal that we have infanticide? Why would that be a big deal, regardless of the reason? What is the big deal with infanticide? It's because we're already killing babies based on their geographical location, right? Because a late-term abortion is 100% taking place when that baby is viable. And I mean literally viable. Like they could live outside the womb. They might need some assistance, but they can live outside the womb. But you're okay. I say you collectively, some of you are okay with this. You're okay with those babies being slaughtered and murdered, but only if they're in the womb. And now you're all of a sudden up in arms because the baby exists outside the womb and they're being killed for their organs afterwards. I'm sorry, you don't get to play both sides of the fence there because it's the same being. It's the same entity, right? 
from the moment it's a one-celled zygote, all of the DNA, all, all of the everything about that child is written on it at that moment, how tall it's going to be, what color eyes it's going to have, what texture of hair it's going to have. It's all written on there from the moment they're a one-celled zygote. But all of a sudden, if this baby is delivered and then killed, you, you want to call it something else? It's murder across the board. And the next thing this made me think about is that it's becoming concerning to me personally how easily and how quickly these seemingly unbelievable stories become reality. I mean, just think about it just in terms of COVID. Think about the things that were essentially crazy to think about, right? Oh, this could have been released from a lab in China. Ah, oh, that's ridiculous. No, this definitely came from a, you know, at a pangolin that had sex with a bat that ate a fish that got eaten by a guy in the market. Somehow that seemed plausible, but here we are now in our modern, modern day thinking. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That pangolin idea. That was just kind of dumb. Yeah. It, it certainly probably maybe came from that lab. Right. But we see all these crazy stories and this is not some sort of a commercial for conspiracy theorists by any stretch of the imagination, but these things seem implausible until we get evidence that they're not. Alex Jones seems like a nutcase because in a lot of ways he is, but then whenever he does land on the truth, this bombshell truth that no one else knows about. We don't really talk about it. I mean, how many people have drawn the connection between this interview that he did, you know, over two years ago and the story that just came out? And this goes into another story or another thought rather, which is when will enough be enough? Literally, when will enough be enough? We have allowed abortions in this country for 50 years, pretty much, right? Since Roe v. Wade, we're basically guaranteeing that about a million babies in this country will be murdered every single year. But we're supposed to celebrate that that number is coming down little by little while still looking at the piles of about 900,000, 950,000 dead babies, right? When will enough be enough? When will you do something? When will you say something to somebody about this? And we'll get more into some of the calls to action here. But I want you all to watch something because there's a huge key here. So I've already keyed in on the one part from that press release that it should be the most damning and the most disturbing to you. But here's a big key that I want everybody to watch for. Watch for the narrative shift. I talk a lot about the narrative in this show, but watch for the narrative shift. Because if this story ever becomes, you know, a huge national and international story, which if it was going to, it should have done that already. But just in case any more information comes out and it becomes a huge national or international story, the narrative will shift to something like this. Well, since these fetuses were not going to live anyway, we may as well use their tissue in order to help other babies and humans in the future to live. We appreciate the sacrifices made in order to improve the medical field. Now, that statement, when you break it down, is lacking several things. So at the beginning, when it says something like, since these fetuses, and, and if, by fetuses, do you mean autonomous human beings? Human beings that are wanting to live if they were given an option, right? So when you say fetuses, that kind of sterilizes it. Now, these are autonomous human beings. Some people would call them babies. And then if they say, since these fetuses were not going to live anyway, except they could have lived, Except the mother or the mother and father got together and said, you know what? We don't really want this thing. You know, it doesn't almost ever have anything to do with rape, incest, or, you know, health of the mother. It's just convenience is in the way, right? 
they're in school. Maybe we don't know. Uh, I don't know who the dad is, or or we just don't really have money right now. And gosh, we already have two kids, or you know, it's I'm just a little bit too young, right? All those convenience-based reasons. And then yeah, people, you know, in that same sentence, they'll say, "We may as well use their tissue." And if by tissue do you mean their own organs, their own organs, right? Organs that if they were to speak up for themselves, they would wish to keep those organs or those ones that we're talking about, the ones that they would prefer to keep inside their body. Because in another uh, kind of vignette about this particular story, they talked about how they don't just, you know, do the genitourinary tissues or whatever. They also do the liver, the, the heart, the gonads, the legs, the brain, the skin, the kidneys, the bladder. Don't you think? Wouldn't you prefer to keep all those things inside your body and functioning? If you were to get into some sort of an accident where you couldn't literally speak for yourself, wouldn't you want to keep all of that yourself? And then again, keeping that thing going in order to help other babies and humans in the future to live. Now, what planet do you think that you could even possibly come close to convincing us that you give a damn about those kids living in the future somewhere while maintaining a program? That literally kills kids. I'm sorry, but you're not going to be able to square that circle with me. Are you kidding me? You're trying to pull on my heartstrings to say, no, no, no. We're trying to help humans and kids in the future. Kids are dying right now. You're sacrificing them on the altar of scientism. What What are you talking about? And that last little part that I made up here is, you know, we appreciate the sacrifices made in order to improve the medical field. We're certainly going to hear something like that. Here's the thing. Again, these babies did not agree to do this. They did not agree to be sacrificed on your altar. You forced them to be. Their mothers who are complicit in those murders and a lot of the fathers who are complicit in those murders, they forced them. Their evil-minded parents did this. The the evil-minded doctors that performed the abortions and the organ removals did this. The evil-minded people building the businesses around the harvesting of these baby organs did that. This idea that they chose somehow to be part of the sacrifice. It's like whenever Nancy Pelosi was talking about George Floyd, when she looked up at the sky and she's like, thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing yourself for racial justice. I, I don't think he opted into that. And he certainly didn't die for that. My knees stretch the imagination. But as I was thinking through this, and I'm still obviously very fired up about this, it's kind of hard not to be. I, I did think about some scripture that could speak to this situation. So I want to run through a few scriptures that speak to this and get to some calls to action here. So stick with us. So to this situation, I would look at Genesis 1:27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And I'm not making a transgender point here, but God gave us the Imago Dei. We were created in his image, okay? Which leads to Exodus 20, 13. You shall not murder. Then say you shall not kill. It's you shall not murder. That's what it means. Then we look at Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. For you, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That is the reality that we live in. And then Psalm 127, 3-5. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. 
Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And the last one, this is one that I had to continuously read today in order to calm myself down. Deuteronomy 32:35. Vengeance is mine. I will repay. In due time, their foot will slip, for their day of disaster is near, and their doom is coming quickly. Because I just got to be honest, I was not having very nice thoughts today. Reading through this story and preparing for this podcast, wouldn't have very nice thoughts about the people at the University of Pittsburgh, about the people that are profiting from what's being done there, about the people in the United States government that are allowing this to happen, for the people in the public that are allowing this to continue to go unsaid and unspoken about. Had some pretty mean, and uh, I'll just leave it there. Had some pretty, pretty negative thoughts, I'll say. But that is comforting. That vengeance is mine. That's God talking, right? God sees what's going on. These people aren't going to be able to hide. So here's my call to action for you. Number one, Americans, because I know we have a lot of people listening to this show outside the country, but two Americans. Contact your senator, your United States senator, and the U.S. House rep for your area today. And ask them to fight against and to stop this. Because since it's involving taxpayer dollars, they can get involved. Because it is our tax, our tax dollars, your tax dollars, paying for this macabre evil. So you contact them. Send them this podcast. Send them Tim uh, Tim Pool's podcast, right? Send them that. Well, maybe don't send them the Joe Rogan one because, you know, if, anytime you send Alex Jones to anybody, they're going to call you a crazy person. But send them this. Send them the story. I, I got the links here in the show notes. Send it to them. So that's the first call to action. The, first, the second call to action, rather, is pray that God would intervene here. This is some of the most evil, jacked up stuff I've ever heard about in my entire life. It, and it's so seemingly out of our hands that you just have to drop to your knees and go to war there. Because again, vengeance is his. So you going up to the University of Pittsburgh and trying to intervene in some way, I guess that's not your place. That's why I told you to contact your representatives. So that's the second thing is to pray that God would intervene. And the last thing is to pray for the soul of our nation. And to those of you outside of the country right now, I would ask you to continue to do the same for yours and for ours. Because history is going to judge us harshly for what we have allowed to happen since the 1970s in this country. And the thousands and thousands of murdered children around the world all day, every day. We're going to have to answer for that as a people someday. I mean, just think about the things that we look back on, on the slave trade or on certain wars and how they were fought. And we look at it and go, how could these people have been so brutal? How could they have been so cruel? How could they have allowed something like this to happen? This, this grave injustice. And I pray that we will eventually, hopefully in my lifetime, but if not at some point in my children's lifetime, be able to look back on this time period and think to ourselves, how did we ever allow something like this to stand? Why would we ever allow such evil to infiltrate our entire society? I hope we get there. All right, guys. 
because I have to. We're going to go ahead and close this the way that we normally do. We're going to do a quick resilience boost, as you know by now, at Undaunted Life. Our mission is equipping men to push back darkness with content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical resilience. So I've got a link for our t-shirts if you care about that. I've also got links to all the different uh, clips from the Joe Rogan experience, including that entire episode, because again, that episode has been taken off of Spotify, but it is still up there on YouTube. But then I've got the, the article or the press release from the Center for Medical Progress. I have Judicial Watch's version of that as well, and then Yahoo News when they picked up the news. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the show. We really do appreciate it. Wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you want me to come speak live at your event or on your podcast, email me at info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok and like us on Facebook. You can also check out our website for everything else, including how to donate to keep more content like this coming your way. Just go to www.undaunted.life. And we want to also thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is our song Cutting the Ties, which is off their 10th anniversary re-recording of their album Leveler. The links are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep pushing back darkness, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical resilience, keep seeking the Lion of Judah. <laughs>